0: I've been praying about a specific thing this week. Uh, It's an unusual prayer. And uh, I just want to give you the pictorial uh, idea of what I've been praying. How many of you have seen in some businesses that uh, we ban guns? Have you seen? Yeah, it's getting more and more these days because of the culture that we're in. And I was praying for God some way in a miraculous way that he would pose something like that on the the doorway at gateway here. Except that I wasn't praying for banning of guns, but banning of stones. (laughs) The reason is because I have a, a divisive and heavy message this morning. So I was really hoping and praying to the Holy Spirit that people would not walk into the church with stones to stone me. So it was a selfish prayer, and I hope God will answer that. All to say that we are going to really be uh, dealing with something heavy today. I purposefully left it for the end of my uh, time with you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's wisdom. Did you see Solomon earlier when he was interviewing? Yeah, that, that, that is wisdom. So God also gives us some wisdom to, to live by. So um, really, in, in all honesty, though, I mean, this is a very important message. But sometimes I think the, the body of Christ gets in this uh, culture of uh, appreciating what uh, we know to be the truth. And we make the, the, the standard of uh, excitement and uh, uh, passion our own self, our own understanding. How many, how, how many know that? We call that drifting in, in, in church language. When we start drifting from the truth we start making the standard of everything ourselves. So I'm really, I'm going to press my finger on this thing, not because I want to, because the Holy Spirit is leading me to do that. So we get excited about the things that we want to get excited, and then we are completely cut off and like, I don't care about that. When God wants to talk about what is on his heart. In that way, then there is is a mismatch between what God wants to do in the church and what people want to listen from their God. You see this in the book of Malachi. I don't know how many of you study the book of Malachi. One of my recommendations for this church moving forward is to study the book of Malachi. It's a very small, minor prophet, the last uh, prophetic uh, uh, Bible, uh, uh, book of the Bible in, in, in our whole Bible. It's only four chapters. But in Malachi, you start seeing this uh, a, a mismatch between God. God says, I love you. And the God's people say, why do you say that? We don't feel the love. God says, look, I hated Esau and I loved you. I'm, I have a covenant with you. They're saying, where is the love? God says that uh, you're, you're stealing from me. And they're saying that, how so? We don't even know where you live. How can we steal from you? So there is, you see, this dialogue between God and His people. God says one thing, and His people say, We don't understand it as you see it, because the standard of our life is ourselves. So this th- that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning. It's gonna be heavy. I want I, I want you to be really alert about your your, your neighbors continuously nudging them. we got to get into this. Come on, God is speaking. This is how we get delivered. This is how we get into the heart of God. However difficult and, and tiresome, we're choosing to walk your way. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, hallelujah. We're in the process of healing here. So the, the overarching thing that I want to leave with you I'm gonna come back to it uh, after the preaching. Is this in the book uh, in, 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 uh, in Matthew when Jesus Christ uh, came into the city riding a donkey? It was, it was an amazing thing that he, the prayer, uh, Eric mentioned it this morning. What the people were singing was what we are referring to today here, our topic for today. What they said was that, Blessed is he. Who comes in the name of the Lord? That is a very revealing text. You know why? Because they were not qualifying how one from God should come. As long as you come in the name of the Lord, I don't care if you ride a white horse. I don't care if you ride, come on church, I don't care if you ride a donkey. I don't care if you walk into the city. As long as you come in the name of the Lord, we're okay with that. That's what makes you people of God. That's what makes you a mighty army of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as long as the word comes from him, as long as the command comes from him, we don't care in what manner, through whom it comes. Church, come on, come on. God is doing some work to join here. So really the overarching thing that we're carrying from here, from the seven weeks of lessons, the beautifying of the... The bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is we're getting into this attitude, this spiritual uh, 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 clothing that gives us the right position and right relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. You say it. The only thing I want to make sure is that you said it. As long as I know you said it, then it will get done. I'm going to take you through the book of Nehemiah. We're taking some, some uh, arduous journey this morning spiritually. But remember last week what we talked about? We talked about building unity in the body of Christ. By, by looking at things from the spiritual perspective, not the natural. The natural process of healing things is uh, even more divisive. Because you're taking one, forcing one part, one side into the other based on the condition, based on the, the present, presenting issue of, of the time. But spiritually, God gives us vision to follow into building a unity. You remember that. It has only been seven days. If you forget anything in seven days... Okay, let me, let me, uh, something came to my mind. You, uh, um, Oh, man, I, keep, I always forget. Uh, the, the, what, what is the series of uh, movies uh, that uh, the British, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis. Oh, Narnia. Narnia. Narnia, yeah. In one of the things, when he was sending, what is that little boy's name? The lion is talking to him on the mountaintop. And he is sending him to deliver. Or is it Lucy? I think he's talking to Lucy. And he's delivering her to, 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 to uh, take the, the, the message down below. So he's talking to her on the mountaintop and he says, This, remember, I want to remind you, the air up here is different than the air down there. <laughs> okay, now you seem to get it. You simplify the message as you walk down, the air is, come on, church. It's different. So you tend to forget when you get down there. The pressure is different. The area is different. It's very important to consider that the condition that we are in. Why? Because we apply spiritual principles on a higher ground to the things of the lower ground if we always forget what we have heard up here when we go down into the world, the enemy doesn't care that you're spending your entire Sunday in church. Because by Monday, you come down and forget it. Hello? So last week, what we talked about... It was about unity, building unity based on a spiritual understanding by vision. Today, it's a continuation of that. Please listen to me on this phrase right here. Unity is created by God. The Bible says in Ephesians, keep the bonds of peace. That has already been created by God, by by grace. Your responsibility is to keep it. To keep it. So I want to to, to get to the second part of this peacemaking or unity-making process. That is our responsibility to keep the unity going. Can you say amen? Amen. Okay, this is why I have taken a long introduction is to get to this point. It is our work. I don't know if you've been to church. Uh, Let me say this and then we'll jump into our text here. I I go to some churches. I get invited. I go around the nation here with Oromo ministry. And then I go to some churches and uh, there are are certain things that people are expecting to hear from, from a pastor, from a church. Okay? Uh, rightfully so, because you're hurting and you want to hear encouraging words. I mean, it's not because God is, you know, your father, and as as children to relating to their father. You want from God what what you really think you need. But but how it works in the kingdom? Let me let me lay that foundation and then I'll jump into our text here. How it works in the in, in the kingdom is a little bit different. God said, you know, as soon as, uh, 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 immediately after taking his people out of Egypt, the first uh, request of God through Moses is, build me a tabernacle so I can dwell among you. Okay? God was not continuously feeding the, the miraculous process of Egypt But then God took them to a certain level and said, now it is your responsibility to build something that will occupy me. That will, I indwell that tabernacle. The Bible says that do not forget. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So prior to us needing something from God, is building of his dwelling place. How many get this? I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you in the, in, in, in the, in the introduction here. But I, I really want to set a foundational thing as we move forward because we, it won't make sense to us jumping into the material that I have today here. So let me, let me um, um, elucidate a little bit. Okay, We come here hoping that God is here. Or based on the truth of the scripture that he will be wherever people one or two, two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. How many believe that? Okay, we know that. So whenever we're going into the fellowship, whether a church or what has been described this morning, life groups or Bible studies or our thing is that God is there. I really hope that you're not going to places like this in, in hopes or in understanding that the, the guy that is read or, or the, the woman that is leading the group is the guru of everything, and you're not even expecting God to be there. You're just connecting the, to, to this person, right? Now. I hope that is not the case. So we understand that we're there to meet God, right? So when you go there... Because you know or you hope God is there, that's why you expect him to meet your needs. Okay? But in the spiritual level, God will be there based on so many different circumstances. How many believe that? Yes. Sin could keep him away. Disunity could keep him away. The promise is still there in the Bible, but he is not actively involving in answering things because his presence is compromised. Hello, hello, did I lose people? Talk to me, talk to me. Because this is, I think, one of the the major divisive things in the body of Christ. People say, because of his promise, it doesn't matter what the case is, God will be there. That is so erroneous. God requires us certain things to be fulfilled to be there. Once He's there, He will work. So, my point here is we have a responsibility of making sure that His presence has not been compromised. Can you say it aloud? Yeah. How do we do that is the message today then. Okay, that's where we're drilling in. Because my title today is that why is the house of the Lord neglected? <laughs> that's why I was afraid about stoning. <laughs> How many believe that the house of the Lord has been neglected? By the end of this sermon, you will know what it means. When we say that the house of the Lord has been neglected. The house of the Lord or neglecting the house of the Lord does not necessarily mean programs have been compromised. Not really. You could have thousands of programs running and still be neglected. Come on, we're going a little bit deeper here. So Nehemiah is challenged with this idea of neglect of the house of the Lord. Okay, I've talked almost half an hour before you turned to your Bible, so I'll ask you to turn to your Bible. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 11. How many are happy that you're here today? I'm really happy that I get the advantage, the opportunity of presenting this message to you. I really do. 1311. So I registered a complaint with the leaders. This is Nehemiah talking. I'm jumping into the story. I'll build it up. Nehemiah is saying, ah, so I registered a complaint with the leaders asking, why is the temple of God neglected? Then I gathered them and reassigned them to their positions. I'm going to stop here and, uh, you know, kind of give you a crash course on the uh, book of Nehemiah. We talked about that. In Israel and the book of Nehemiah are the book of building. And uh, God is dealing with his people, is, is uh, starting the process that I've been saying here. If you do, if you prepare the land for my presence, then I will be there and I will bless you. So those are the book of, uh, of uh, 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 building. Israel is uh, uh, primarily concerned with building of a temple. Nehemiah is primarily concerned with uh, the building of a wall around Jerusalem. So uh, in uh, um, uh, Zechariah chapter 2 if you remember a few few uh, uh, weeks back I talked about uh, chapter 2 verse 5 but the Lord says well uh, will be a wall I will be a wall of fire around Jerusalem and a source of glory in her midst Did you hear that Okay a protection wall of fire in what, what, what is the additional thing? In her midst, I will be of glory for her. So he's really addressing this book of uh, Israel and book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah built a wall. God is saying that my, mine is not a wall of a stone, it'll be a wall of fire. And Israel built a temple inside that uh, uh, wall of Jerusalem, God is saying that in her midst I shall be of glory to her. So the application of these two things, these two books are coming together in the idea of God. When we have walls around our lives in in glory inside us, that's the, the, the completion of the assurance that God will continue to dwell in a certain place. Praise God. So, in the book of Nehemiah, then we will break down a certain metaphors that will help us understand. The walls are uh, our salvation, God's uh, uh, grace around our life. The temple is, of course, His provision. He will be there. The, the, the Nehemiah himself is a type of Jesus Christ. He came from a king's position to Jerusalem, and then he went back after building the wall. Nehemiah is a type of Jesus Christ who builds walls of security around believers, churches, life. But there are three uh, actors in, in that book as well. Their names are Sambalat, Geshem, and Tobiah. Weird names. But remember what the Bible says. The Bible says that uh, a Christian has uh, how many enemies? Three. Thank you. I see, I see the finger up there. Three. Okay. We have four rows here. I can't. I'm going to segregate one. And uh, what's, what's the first enemy? Time is up. The world. Flesh. Satan. Three enemies. When we live here on this earth. So the, the wall and the, the temple, the glory of the temple will, will give us advantage over the three enemies. The same thing with the Nehemiah. These three guys were resisting Continuously. If you study the book, their character will show you who is who. Sambalat is Satan because he has so much power, so much influence in the area, and the name means hate, uh, 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 secretly hating. Okay? That's Satan's character. He hates God's people in secret. Sometimes he, he, he changed himself as an angel of light, he presents himself as God. In fact, in in Revelation, uh, I I saw an interesting phrase and I was going, my goodness, how the word of God is so precise. It says that he appears like a lamb, but he talks like a dragon. (laughs) So that, that sums up his character. He deceives God's people by entering in. Gehsham is the world. But our, our interest this morning is what Tobiah, which is the flesh. Remember we've been talking about that how we decipher how to how how we 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 discriminate against the flesh through the word of God and through the work of the spirit of God. So I'm going to give you three main uh, uh, um, descriptions about what is happening in this story and then we'll bring it back together. Are you ready? The first one is the time of victory, okay? Follow me with the, in the book of uh, uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 12. I'm going to be just uh, uh, remaining in chapter 12 and 13, basically, okay? When you're there, give me amen, because uh, it feels like you, you might have checked out here. <laughs> Nehemiah 12, 44. On that day, men were appointed over the storehouse of contribution, First fruits and tithes and gather them uh, into them from the fields of the cities, the portion prescribed by the law for the priests and the Levites. For the people of Judah took delight in the priests and Levites who were ministering. Hallelujah. I love that. So look at the connection. Because the children of Israel delighted in the ministry of the Levites and the priests in the church, what were they doing? Talk to me. They were giving. They were giving. Giving everything that was prescribed by the law. Tithes, offering. So Nehemiah set up a storehouse for for God's people and, and revival broke out. Because there's always food in the house of the Lord. That's why God is asking food to be in his house. Malachi chapter 3. He says that, let there be food in my house. Bring the tithes. I know this is going to really muzzle the mouth of a lot of people. That's why I said it's a heavy message that we're going to be dealing with. Every time a person talks about money and giving in church, there's a high risk. I don't know why this is, but today we're going to destroy that lie. Hallelujah. Because it's a privilege to give to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So this is the time of their victory. Wall has been built. Temple has been built. Ministry has been uh, uh, instituted. So the people delighted in the minister's. I really want to, to, to catch your mind in this idea of delighting. Remember earlier what I said. Our tendency is to delight in people that we individually like. You see that? That's even in a New Testament concept. When in 1 uh, uh, Corinthians, what does it say? I am of Apollos. I am of Peter. I'm of Jesus Christ. Paul says that these are all servants of God. Okay? You cannot pick one over the other because you like Peter and how he presents. You can't like me and not like Pastor Joel. You cannot like Pastor Joel and not like me. That's not what it is describing here. They didn't individually like the priest and now say, okay, I said, "Okay, I will help you out." That's not the description that we hear here. The description is that they totally delighted in the preparation of food in the body of Christ. When they come to church, variety of things were prepared for them. It is not a, a literal food that we're talking about. I just want to remind you, this is spiritual food. So people from different levels will come in and then they enjoy it. It babies, elderly people, they come. There are a variety of things that has prepared. The Levites are on top of things. They are giving themselves to God, sanctifying themselves. And the process of ministry it has been satisfying to members. What did they do? Talk to me. They gave. They said, continue that food for us. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout, continue the food? Continue the food. That is the idea that Nehemiah started with. And this idea only comes when we have the protection of both, the, the double protection. I, I will refer over and over again to this. The wall in the temple. The wall in the temple. The double protection gave them guarantee. Why? The three enemies were kept where? Where? Outside of the wall. They were enraged when Nehemiah came and said, I'm going to build a wall. Okay? They weren't concerned about the welfare of the Jew. They were concerned for themselves because the wall will keep them. Talk to me. Out. out. <sighs> when the enemies were kept out, things were functioning well in the body of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So this is the picture of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, remember, he came from Babylon. God stirred his heart. He came, worked, and he returned to the duty of the king, according to chapter 13. So the second stage of process started. All right, let's go to the second stage. What happened at the second stage? The second stage is the time of drifting the time of drifting chapter 13 flip over nehemiah chapter 13 6 to 7 quickly hallelujah during all this time i was in jerusalem i was not in jerusalem i'm sorry for in the third, uh, 32nd year of uh, the king Artaxerxes of Babylon, I had gone back to the king. After some time, I had requested leave of the king, and I returned to Jerusalem. Then I discovered the evil that Eliashab had done for Tobiah by supplying him with the storehouse in court of the temple of God. Oh my goodness. Nehemiah went, Nehemiah came back. And remember, in the time of prosperity, in the time of victory, the connection between members and uh, uh, ministers were so tight, the house of God was full. The enemies were kept out. Nehemiah gone. Who's Nehemiah? It's a type of Jesus Christ. When our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ starts declining when we're not excited about his presence anymore, and he, we feel that he is a, a little bit distant from us, who came into a picture? Yeah, Tobiah. Tobiah came into a picture. <laughs> Hallelujah. How I love the Word of God. I think by now you know that I, I, ah, I enjoy the revelation that the Word of God gives The wall did not keep Tobiah out. Who's Tobiah? Where's the flesh? With us. (laughs) You see that? He comes to church with us every Sunday. There is no wall that keeps Tobiah out. <laughs> That's the biggest problem. When we see dysfunctionality in the body of Christ, it is we jump to the conclusion of the natural understanding, this guy doesn't like this guy, or this lady does not like this other lady. Whenever we see dysfunctionality in giving in the body of Christ, we tend to say that, come on, we got to jazz up what is going on up here. That's a tendency. But that's, that's not what, what the revelation gives us. The revelation gives us, the problem is, Tobiah resurrected. Hallelujah! God speaks to us the way it is. There's no compromise with him when he gives us the revelation. Nehemiah, a little distance between Nehemiah and his people. Tobiah snuck in. Where does Tobiah reside in the picture? In the storeroom of the temple. He doesn't, he's not interested in the pew. Ha, ha, ha. Where does, where does he occupy place in the financial system of the church? Is Gateway struggling? <laughs> there is no other description, precious people of God. There is no other justification for not giving, I'll get to it. The Bible gives us the reason that we are controlling is because we're leaning more to Tobiah than Nehemiah. So, what happened? Go back to verse 4. 13:4 But prior to this time Eliashib the priest a relative of Tobiah had been appointed over the storehouse of the temple of God See the relationship He found the place to sneak in So what happens Let me jump to the third story, this section of this story, so we can bring it together. Chapter 13, 8 to 9. Nehemiah came back and found out what was going on. I was very upset, and I threw all of Tobiah's household possession out of this store room. Can you clap your hands for the gut of Nehemiah? That's a strong leader. Not only a strong leader in character, he is a strong leader in a spiritual perception. He didn't go to the people and say, hey, what is this? Why do you not contribute $10, $20, $30? Come on, we can make it. He didn't say that. He went to the source of the problem. Are you hearing this? He walked into the storeroom and said that Tobiah, you got to go. As long as your possession is in the house storeroom of God, ministry can not go on. Can somebody cry out, I hate the flesh. Hate the flesh. <laughs> it's destroying us. Really destroying the church. What other alternative could have been taken by, by Nehemiah? Let's stop here and think. Because we do the natural process in, in leadership. One justification, easy justification is, yes, I understand why the church of God is struggling because the times are hard. Have you heard of that? <laughs> Uh, one of the testimonies that I have in my ministry, we were a very small group of Oromo speaking church uh, a few years back. And God was uh, prodding in my spirit that we needed a building to worship in. We were very small, about 25, 30. In some of uh, the leaders in the community advised me. They said that this is not a wise decision because uh, um, you have uh, not a, a, a what's the best way to say this? Is uh, your members in general they don't have a high income. They're students and immigrants, and uh, you will suffer. I don't know how how. how Honestly, you can't sustain this. I listened to them and I said, okay, let me pray about it. When I went in, 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 in to pray and God says that I am your resource. Okay, you're not depending on people. As long as you keep Tobiah out from the ministry, you'll be fine. So I prayed about it. I prayed about it. And then we, 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 can, we, we went with having our own building. And building has been provided for us, and it, it has been amazingly, the flow of income, how people dedicated themselves. And then, uh, at, well, uh, you know, the second uh, month's meeting, I uh, gave the report, okay, we've got our own house, our building, we're, 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 going, we're moving forward, God is blessing us. Um, but if, if any trouble arises, and any of you cannot uh, uh, keep up what you're giving right now, I understand. I understand because I feel you. And a lady jumped up from the crowd and said, how can you say that to us? She says that the hard times is not going to bind God's hand. She says that I am committed to the level that I'm selling my house to support the house of God. Whoa. I said, my goodness, God, where were you leading me into this? The entire community of Ethiopians were surprised. How we kept the inside of the house of God, how we did ministry. We started inviting speakers from Ethiopia in the other bigger churches were coming to eat from our table. Hello? Hello? I'm not telling you something that is far-fetched. I'm not preaching something that appears theoretically to arrest your mind. That's not what I'm doing. I'm giving you a living testimony. If you have a gut like Nehemiah to kick out Tobiah, the house of the Lord is always full. So it is easy to justify by saying that it is the difficult time. I'm, I'm going to take you into a small story in Genesis. You remember, Abraham was blessed. Uh, famine was in his, uh, in, in his lifetime. So he, he went down to Egypt and bad things happened in Egypt. He came back. In the time of Isaac, his son, the same famine started. So what, what, what do you suppose that the son is planning to do? To go down to Egypt, that's what dad did to avoid uh, famine. So God appears to Isaac and says, uh, stay here. I'm going to bless you. Isaac listened to God. And the funny part is that Isaac sowed in that time of famine. And the Bible says he reaped hundredfold. During the time of famine. Genesis 26. Others were displaced from the land because of famine. God says, because I'm in it. Stay here and so it's not about hard time. Okay. God says that I am the one who gives you strength to produce wealth. You know how he gives you strength? I will wrap it up. I know. I know. He positions you in the right place to have to produce enough wealth. That's how God directs his people. He doesn't depend on the external things how economy runs. That's the politics of our world. God positions you. How does he position you? By what you eat in the house of God. That's why he said, the more you give in to sustaining the food, the more I can position you to... Oh, church, come on. (laughs) So when you don't have the food inside the house of God then God has no means of positioning you for more blessing. That's why Nehemiah, in the first time, they said that we like the food, so we're, we're sustaining the food inside. When there's food inside, we were doing a lot better outside. Come on. This may be a dream to some of you. Hallelujah. Whew! When you enter into the economy of God, my goodness, do you you think that we can pay off the building here? How how many believe that? Can we raise your hands? Raise your hands. I really do believe much more than paying off the building. I really do. I really do. But what we need to do is that we need to take care of Tobiah. Tobiah cannot stand in the church and still be. The church cannot be functional. So, spiritual leaders, people who have a far-sighted capability of seeing the flesh. You might hate me, but I see the flesh, I hit it. When we hit the flesh, then you survive. You come back to abundance. You come back and think. The leader who hit the flesh from your body through the teaching of the scripture. Amen. There's no more hatred in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So, the restoration, where did it go? Nehemiah 8 and, 8 and 9, quickly. And then I'll finish with this. Actually, no, let's, let's jump to 30, uh, verse 13, uh, 10. Nehemiah 13, you're there? I also discovered that the grain offering of the Levites had not been provided. That as, re- as, as a result, the Levites and the singers who performed this work had all gone off to their own fields. You see how dangerous that is? The Levites are gone. The priests are gone. They're doing some other menial job outside there. Because there's no food inside. That was devastation to the body of Christ. What did Nehemiah do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After restoration, he kicked out Tobiah, verse 12. Underline that if you are using your Bible. Don't underline the church's Bible. If it is your Bible, underline this, verse 12. Then all of Judah brought the tithe of the grain, the new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms of God. Tobiah kicked out people like a machine, clockwork. What did. T- Giving. <laughs> giving. The work of the Lord is restored. I'm going to give you a quick principle and finish with this. I know I'm, I'm going over, but can, can you bear with me just, just today? If the Lord does, returns soon, you may not see me back here again. In heaven, there, they, I don't know if there is any position for preaching, but I'll, I'll, I will be there. <laughs> Bear with me, just a few minutes. Let me, let me give you a nugget of healing here, okay? Amen. Turn over your Bible to 2 Corinthians. This is the time that we're getting out of Nehemiah, and we'll finish with this, okay? 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, quickly. And then I'm going to read, I promise you, three verses, and we'll, we'll finish with this. A surprising thing happened to the to the uh, uh, disciples to the apostles. Look at uh, verse 1. Now we make known to you brothers and sisters the grace the grace of God given to the church of Macedonia. What was given to them? The grace of God was given to them. Does the church of uh, Gateway Church have the grace of God? Yes, we do have a grace of God. But look at the the distinctive character of the grace of God that was in Macedonia. Even the Apostle Paul says, oh my goodness, we've never seen such... Verse 2. That during the severe ordeal of suffering, their abundant joy in their extreme poverty have overflowed in the wealth of their what? (laughs) Come on, come on, come on, talk to me Church. Look at what it, what it produced. Special grace that was in Macedonia. They were broke. Completely broke. A basket goes around, nothing clicks. But you know what they said? We want to participate to help the people in, uh, in, in Judea. They're, they're our brothers. We don't want to pass this opportunity. Count us in. Why? This is what the apostle want, wanted to deposit in the, in, in the other churches. The why of this grace. This powerful grace. Verse 5. And they did this not just as we had hoped. But they gave themselves first to the Lord and what? And to us Second. What did they do? The grace allowed them to give themselves completely to the Lord first. Because they had given themselves to the Lord completely, they said that whatever agenda God has is our agenda as well. See see, see how you kick uh, Tobiah out? Tobiah leaves when we are putting ourselves, our family, what we have in totality in the hand of God. Money is a powerful commodity in that it empowers you to be the judge. It empowers you to live your own desire. That's why we love money versus manna. Manna, God determines when you need the manna. Money, you decide what you need when you need it. Hello, 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 hello. Hello? 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 Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters. Right. When you come to me, I determine your blessing right. according to my will. When you get out of there and <clears throat> befriend Tobiah, you'll have control over the money. The church is not preaching the right message that I would want them to preach. Therefore, I'm not giving It's amazing, amazing how we we exercise the the little control that Tobiah gives us. The little funny controls $30, $20, $50. God operates in millions and billions in his kingdom. He's, he's, he said last week here, remember, silver and gold is mine. I do what it takes. Yeah. I'll finish. I'm, I would like to pray two prayers in closing here. The first prayer is a prayer of dedication. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the, the, the pulpit around this area open. If you really believe that God has spoken to you, and if you want to kick Tobiah out, I want you to do a faith exercise here, okay? Men, pick up your wallet, ladies, purses. I'm not praying. I'm not doing any activity. I want you to come here, pass through here, telling God what I own, what I am, what I have is yours, That is a total dedication to God. There's no pressure. You can live with Tobiah. That's your choice. That's purely your choice. That's the first prayer. Make it quick so people don't don't leave here. The second prayer that I want to do is that go back to school prayer. I really want to, the Lord has laid this up on my heart. The people that are going, kids that are going back to school, young people that are going to colleges. As church, we really need to dispatch them with the protection of God for the entire year. That, that is in my heart. So please, if, you, if you're in any way connected to a family like that, don't leave, please. I know it's, it's just time is the Lord's. So heads bowed, eyes closed, meditate on the word that the Lord has spoken to you. What is the future of gateway? Do you hold it into in in your hand? Or does God? What is your relationship with Tobiah? How's it affecting your decision making? Are you fearful? Just a few more seconds, and then the brave ones who want to fight Tobiah can get up, come up here, make a covenant with God, and go back to your seat. Thank you, sister. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Just this is your covenant with God. Lord, what I have, who I am, my family, my money, everything is yours. I'm yours, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. There's no room for Tobiah in this church. You will see what God will start doing in your life. Thank you Lord. How gracious is our father. He's asking us for a little bit of what we have when he is the owner of everything. He says, would you sustain my house? Let there be food in my house. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to leave you out any more decision-making. If not, it's it's okay. I'm gonna pray over the people that are here. Give it to the Lord. If you're fearful, tell him that you're fearful, Lord. I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I'm trusting your word. Thank you, Lord. Father, this was your word. It was not a motivation I speak, speaking, Lord. I'm not here to gather money from your people. But this is your principle. This is your house, Lord. Yes. This is where you dwell. This is where you shine. This is where you want to heal the brokenhearted. This is your outpost to Elk River. We don't want to be in that precarious situation where we don't even know where money is coming from, Lord. I pray for for this church that has survived many, many hardships in the past. I pray that there will be a renewed commitment. Your storehouse will be full again. The Levites and the priesthood will not be pushed out. You're not a beggar. the master, the owner, the creator of everything, Lord. Lord. Help us to understand that. We resist Tobiah. Even when the wall is built around our lives, Lord, he sneaks in. Help us, Lord. Help us to recognize the character of Tobiah. Destroys us, destroys our family. It destroys the church. Yes, sir. And today, we gladly dedicate everything to you. Yes. This is the same grace that was in Church of Macedonia. We want to own it here, Lord. Yes. Gateway Church. It will be more than what they need here. Yes. Lord, it will be even for the world missions. Yes. Yes. And things will overflow yes. in your house. Healing will be magical in this place here, Lord. That you delight in your people and you bless them abundantly. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can you all say amen Amen Amen. to God? Give him praise. Praise God. I want, uh, is Terry here? Come, come out here and pray for the for the um, back to school prayer in closing here. I, f- I feel led by the Holy Spirit for protection. I don't know what's coming up, but we're just going to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over their lives, the danger in schools. We're going to commit students. If, you, if you're ready to go back to school and you are planning to do that, would you stand up, please? Wherever you are, stand up. Colleges, high school, elementary school. Stand up, stand up, please. We're, we're, we're commissioning you through the blood of Jesus Christ here. And parents, if, you, if they're near you, just stretch your arm, arms out to them. Let's pray.